What's up, everybody? It's Chad from Ask Chad Grassy Logic here on episode 11. I'm here with Councilor Bincomo. Um, she's joining me today. She's um, our city councilor here in Las Cruces, so it's a really eventful um, episode that we're having today. And so today we're actually going to be talking about um, Councilor Bincomo is one of the things. <laughs> um, April 1st marks a year, so about two days. Uh, we're hitting a year that we started adult sales here in New Mexico. Um, we're going to be talking about that Texas checkpoint bill um, and where it's at and really what happened since the last week. And um, it's 420. Do you know where your kids are? Um, so that's really, you know, just what we're going to talk about. And without further ado, um, Councilor Bincomo, please introduce Hi. yourself. Hi. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy <laughs> to be here. I'm so excited this exists. I Thank think you. It's so important. Like Chad said, my name is Joanna Bincomo. I'm the city councilor for District 4, which is like a, kind of like the northwest part of town. But I am one of a six-person city council plus our mayor, of course. Nice. Yeah. And I, I've actually, you know, sat at a you know, few of the have, council yeah. hearings and everything yeah. and, you know, during the votes and give you guys a few cheers. <laughs> cheers okay. um, yeah. And as you guys don't know, um, our city council is actually majority women other than the mayor. So, you know, it's really great to see that because normally you just see a bunch of dudes mm -hmm. and um, it's really great to see something different and more progress in the city. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. it's really great to see that. And thank you, know, you. thank you again for joining me. Yeah, I'm so um, glad to be here. Yeah, we're, we're going to get down. We're actually going to get to her questions at the very end of the show because I want to go through and talk about a few things first because Council Bincoma has actually been a part of some of the stuff that I'm talking about. And the first thing is April 1st. Um, and what that means here in New Mexico, if you're new to New Mexico, we started adult use last year. And uh, what that means is we started selling to pretty much everybody who's over 21 and or if you have a medical cannabis card, you've always been able to buy cannabis. Um, I cut my long hair on the same day. I had, <laughs> I think you guys remember I had hair like down to yeah. here. Um, that was the, the mark of when I was supposed to cut my hair. And, you know, that, that was, it was a sad day, but that is a year since I cut my hair almost. Um, it was a day of celebration, rejoice. Um, everybody really just had an uplifted feeling. You know, the, the shops were super busy. Um, you know, I remember going to the midnight release. Did you go to the midnight release? I uh, didn't. You didn't? No, okay, I you were probably busy. Yeah, you're probably no, I was busy. in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I debated not going, but we ended up going anyway. Uh, so it was really cool seeing yeah. that celebration and everything, you know, that line wrapping around the yep. building, you know, that whole historical thing. So yeah. I just really want to look back, you know, in the year and kind of see what's changed from then until now. Um, you know, like really even with, you know, the states, um, that state, excuse me, with the city stuff, you know, with what you mm -hmm. guys have done, I mean, really what were, were your guys' thoughts going into that? You know, like, what did you really want to accomplish? Like, okay, yeah. do we want to be more progressive or do we want to kind of crack down on it? I mean, what was yeah. the thought process? Thank you. That's a great question. Also, I cannot believe it's been a year. That's wild. Know, right? <laughs> yeah, that's really wild. I'm excited to talk a little bit more with you about that yeah. night because honestly, it was really incredible. It was really exciting. Um, so when, so the city doesn't get a lot of authority generally yeah. on these things. And really what the state allowed for cities, municipalities to do was really have authority over zoning, which really means where our store is going to go. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and one of the things like we thought it out really well, we brought in experts, we brought in folks to talk to us about how to best do this because for many of us on the council, this was an issue we cared about for a really long time. And we really lobbied for, um, this to become legalized. And so we wanted to make it as progressive as possible and as um, for the industry to be able to thrive. And I think a lot of people often I see that still have like one foot in, one foot out. Like, yes, we will support it. We want to make it thrive, but we still want to restrict it. I'm from the mindset that that's just silly. That's not going to work. And yeah. so, um, you know, I almost, I mean, over a year and a half ago, right, when we were discussing these zoning policies, we thought, let's make it as 
as fruitful as possible. And so that's how we ended up with what we have right now. I'd be happy to talk more about some of the changes, some of the things that I think should be changed. Um, but one of the things that we didn't even talk about, didn't even cross our minds, was operating hours. <laughs> yeah. Like we didn't yeah. even talk about it. It's wild. And it wasn't until I think some of the advocates, some of you all were like, hey, April 1st is coming around. Is there, what's the hour situation? And we're like, oh, <laughs> that's right. But honestly, it was just too late to do anything about it. And of course, we ended up having, um, I think staff, city staff brought us a resolution to, to try to change that. And we all said, why? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing. What for? Yeah. I mean, there's no issues, mm -hmm. you know, yet. And so why, why change it and all of a sudden go that route? Because yep. to be honest, there's really not that many in the city that are doing a 24-hour model no. or late. So no. I mean, most of them choose to close. I think the latest I know is 10 p.m. Yep. Um, unless you're the 24-hour ones. And so the the idea around it is you're only open if you have the product or if you want to yes grow. so i mean it, it to me it's, and if you have the staff yeah. and if you have the capacity right and i think for people who are going to any of the cannabis stores at 2 a.m mm -hmm. i'm assuming there are people who just left the er there you go who, like right like who folks who really need it so i don't foresee us changing that I'm glad, and you know, and Las Cruces is one of one of the only cities in the state that have mm -hmm. done that. I mean, Albuquerque, you know, chose uh, some times. I'm not too sure what theirs is, um, but you know, they've actually been more restrictive than yeah. we have, and actually, yeah. that's really refreshing because Southern New Mexico, we're known for being conservative and a little country hick and this <laughs> and that. And you know, I'm from I'm from Alamogordo originally, so you know, we yeah. get that a lot. And well, that's true. No, <laughs> that is true. That's where Eastern New Mexico starts. <laughs> I call it the South Park of New Mexico. Um, and it was really, it's really great to be in a city where, you know, the, the city councils are really supportive and you, know, you can just really reach out and you guys listen and, you know, excuse me, you women listen. And, <laughs> and it's great to hear that because a lot of constituents say, oh, I feel like my government doesn't listen to me. You know this and that and i was actually talking to a buddy today from california and he's in the business there mm -hmm. and i was telling him about you know uh, there's a time where i've called the doh and we got some stuff changed that way he's like you can just yeah. call the doh yeah. and they talk to you and i'm like i yeah. guess yeah. <laughs> he was like yeah but we have you know less people in the state so yeah. you know that makes sense and uh we're a newer industry and it's just great that we're wanting to do this the right way yeah. and I, I really appreciate you guys being so supportive and you know they are supportive you know they will talk to the cannabis uh, industry and i've actually sat down with my um actual city counselor um uh counselor grant She's my, she's my counselor. Love it. Yeah, yeah. I've said, she's great. Yeah. Um, and if you're watching, hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told her I was going to be here. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's a great lady. She listened to, you know, it was all for the cannabis yeah. stuff and all that. And, you know, it, it was just great to see that. So I hope we can continue that and keep you that same relationship that we've had with, you know, the city and everything. And as long as we get more businesses to work with us, you know, we can probably work better. Absolutely. Um, and you mentioned there's a few things you, you thought maybe that maybe should change. What, what's yeah. that in your mind? Yeah. So some of the buffers, um, okay. honestly, some of those numbers are completely arbitrary. Like yeah. they really are like yeah. 300 feet keeps kids away. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, 200 feet does. I don't know. It's really strange for me. And so we've definitely, um, we've done a ton of special use permits for mm -hmm. people, right. Who might be close to another retailer who might be close to a residential area. And so people can still open up those spaces if, the, if they're within that buffer. Um, they just have to apply for a special use permit, which eats up a lot of time and resources. And honestly, if we're just giving the special use permits, then I feel like why have the policy in the first place. And so right now, one of the buffers that I really feel like should go away is 
the 300 foot buffer from a residential zone. Yeah. Given that we are so rural, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We have all these incredible corridors. The ones I think about are Solano, mm -hmm. El Paseo, Picacho, who are really blighted, who there's a ton of retail space open. Mm -hmm. There's so many empty buildings that uh, cannabis retailers could potentially take it over and redevelop the area. But then we have, obviously, these corridors are literally a block away from residential areas. So for me, it just feels really silly, for lack of a better word, to have this 300-foot buffer when, by the way, it doesn't exist for apartment complexes, which I think is very mm. um, discriminatory and mm. has like a lot of um, undertones of um, like, well, those are poor folks. Who cares what's in their communities, right? And yeah. I really feel like instead of adding a buffer to those places, we say, you know what? It's good. It's good for redevelopment. It's good for the community. It's good for a neighborhood. And so um, I think with that, though, we obviously ha do have to have conversations about kids and those should be happening no matter what anyway yeah. right yeah um but for me that's one of the things that i really hope um we can push the count it came to council it died on a i, I think three to four vote mm -hmm. um and I, I would i really would like to bring it back and hopefully get rid of it me too and you know the industry does too and it's i i advocated um for the no 300 foot rule too yeah. because we also have bars that are right next door to each yes. other too in town so i mean and to schools yeah and to, and to schools and you know i don't see anything wrong with two dispensaries right next to each other or you know yeah. building away i mean it's just how businesses usually run i yeah. mean look at lowe's and home depot usually their model is one is usually yeah. about a mile or two walgreens from each other. and cvs yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> and you know walmart's right next to some of you know yeah. some cases so yeah. yeah i really don't see a reason for that either other than you know the stigma that was based around cannabis and just yep. trying to be restrictive just to be restrictive yep. honestly most of the restrictions that have been placed now after legalization I think are still very much rooted in the stigma, the reefer madness yeah. that like people have to unlearn. Folks that are supportive of the industry being legalized still have some of that. I think it just is about unlearning some yeah. of those things. Yeah, and you know, some people need to start also taking uh, responsibility for their kids. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Yeah, you absolutely. know, and parents need to really yeah. start parenting. And that's why I mentioned that it's 420, do you know where your kids are? Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll get onto that later because you remember in the 90s and I think the 80s, they had that commercial. It's yeah. 10 o'clock, do you know where your kids are? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> like, really clever. Yeah, yeah, it is. And you know, it, it really pertains to today. You know, like these parents, they're not watching their kids because they're too busy working. They're not watching the kids because they just don't want to watch their kids. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it is because they're busy. You know, yeah. don't get me wrong, that does happen. But I also think sometimes I, I think parents don't don't know how to have those Maybe. conversations, right? Like they they don't have the education mm -hmm. on something like this to then feel comfortable enough to share that, and so they shame it. Yeah. And shame creates curiosity for kids. And mm -hmm. guess what? They're gonna go find that information somewhere else. And so if you're not educated as a parent on how to talk to your kids about these things, frankly, anything, mm -hmm. the stuff in your medicine cabinet, which yeah. is legitimately dangerous for yeah. children, oh, right? And so I really think it's um some of what you say and really another part is just like a huge lack of education of people not knowing how to have these conversations i agree and that's one reason why i i created this show you know or yeah. continued on doing podcasts is i wanted to continue the education because i see there's such a lack of it when it comes to cannabis that yeah. that gap needs to be filled and so if parents if you're on this and you're not sure um you know then maybe this show will help you figure out yeah. how to talk to your children with yeah. it but you know other parents need do need to you know start being parents but yeah you're right there is, you know, such a huge gap in that education mm -hmm. part, you know, especially with adults, yep. um, you know, even with adults and, you know, with a new industry like this, 
education goes such a long way. Yep. Um, and do your due diligence, you know, uh, look up stuff. You know, there's a bunch of YouTube channels as well. You know, I'm not the only podcast out there. Yeah. Um, so there's a bunch of stuff. If, you know, this isn't your niche, you know, find something out there. Um, but yeah, talk to your kids. You know, that's, that's the number one thing that I try yeah. to tell people, you know, that you keep your kids off drugs in the street. You talk to them, you know, yes. if, if you're involved with their lives. I mean, yeah. my parents are heavily involved in my life. Uh, growing up and you know I, I did dumb things when i was younger don't get me wrong i wasn't really? an angel yeah but <laughs> they were there to correct me <laughs> you know like don't do that you know yeah. or do this once you're this age yeah. or whatever so it's really nice anyway we're kind of getting off track there we're go, we'll get back to the april <laughs> right. 1st stuff since then no no yeah. i mean these are great conversations that you need to be had and you know the 300 foot buffer thing was just you know one of the examples that you know one of those conversations and it goes back to one of the concerns was what about the kids what about the yeah. kids and that's always the number one concern what about the kids i'm like what about it they're not my kids <laughs> yeah. like yeah. i'm not responsible for your kids um yeah. frankly you know i'll do what i can to keep them away from whatever yeah. but you know at the end of the day that's not my responsibility um but yeah i i do feel like the 300 foot buffer does need to be revisited sometime and you know a couple other things too but you yeah. know that sticks in my head too is the number one you know, when I, when I was thinking when you're talking, I was like, you know what, that's probably my number one thing that needs to change yeah. too. Um, what would be probably another thing that you think that would probably need to change? Um, oh, for good the industry question. Here? Um, that's a really good question. I don't know. I feel like I've been focused on this one particular thing so much. Right now it's the 300 foot buffer with residential zones, but I think we could look at the buffer between retailer to retailer, right? Yeah. That was around like a density issue, right? Yeah. We didn't want all of them in one place to be really dispersed all over the city. Mm -hmm. um, but perhaps it's really that and like finding, I don't know, maybe it's like supporting local entrepreneurs, right? Who like yeah. want to, who don't have the capital, who don't have resources and um, supporting more like small, small folks, so small entrepreneurs who want to get into the business. I agree hundred percent. You know, that's, that's something good that, you know, you're looking at because yeah, there is a lot of people who or are a lot of people who have these ideas mm -hmm. or, you know, these great skills. They just don't yeah. have the funds and yep. they don't know how to get the funds. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, if the city would do that, that'd make us even more progressive yeah. in the state, especially yeah. with this industry and, you know, being so close to Texas and Wattis, you know, people are probably like, what the heck, why are you guys doing this? Yeah. Well, I mean, what we're doing, it seems to be working so far. Yep. You know, and and I like what's what's going on here and everything. And you know, um, we even would go down to Sunland Park and we try to talk to them. But you know, they they kind of were a little more restrictive yeah. and, and afraid of it, yeah. which is you know fair. And this yeah. is new. Well, I'm excited to be like leading in the area, yeah. right? Like for people to look to Las Cruces and say, okay, look, look what they're doing. People to come talk to us. I would love that. If you ever encounter other electeds from other communities like Sunland Park or El Mordor or Deming <laughs> or whatever, like tell them to come talk to us okay. because I. I don't feel afraid of this. You know what? Another thing that I think is really important is that at the city level, like internally, we refer to cannabis retail as retail. Like it's yeah. just another retailer. Yeah. Like we don't have to differentiate it from a clothing store, from a nail salon, right? Yeah, like it's store, another, yeah. particularly, right? But yeah. like it's just another retail location. Yeah, it's just another place to buy something. And that's yeah. one thing I've been trying to push to is normalizing the cannabis industry as a regular industry within, yes. within our state and our city. And, you know, it is. It's a legitimate business. They pay their taxes. They pay, their, they pay their employees. Yes. They pay them paid time they off. They create jobs. Yeah, they create a ton <laughs> of jobs. And actually, one of the studies I was going to wait until the end to say, but this fits in so well here. <laughs> UNM did a study, and they did a study in Colorado mm -hmm. and found out that um, places that have dispensaries near that area the unemployment dropped significantly mm. meaning it creates a lot of jobs mm. and you know these this is kind of the opposite of what we were being told you know pre-legalization like oh there's going to be a lot of homeless everywhere oh the jobs this and that but you know it's creating jobs and it's creating 
very good paying jobs. You know, even here in New Mexico, I was reading some articles earlier in the week and, you know, it was stating that, yeah, you know, especially the areas, you know, close to Texas yeah. are doing very well. Yeah. And, you know, they're saying that, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's obviously wonder why. And um, they have to hire more people. And mm -hmm. so it's just, it's just one of those things that it's great to see. Yeah. And we're one of those areas that kind of benefits. Yeah. yeah oh, you know, totally. yeah, we, we yeah. benefit definitely heavily. And so since a year from then, uh, from April 1st, like we'll go back to that. Um, <laughs> what are some other things that you've kind of seen change? Like, have you seen my number one thing in my head is, have you seen the community's mindset kind of change, mm -hmm. you know, to it? Has it become more positive or has it been a little more negative? Or? Um, that's a good question. I kind of see it in three buckets. There's the folks that are like, yes, we're so excited. How do we support it? It's not just the advocates, but like mm -hmm. people who are like, we sh should have been here a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. There's the people who are like, yeah, we support it, but we still really ensure those like one foot in one foot out folks who mm -hmm. are like, but there should still be these restrictions, right? Yeah, like there's yeah. those folks. And then there's, I think a group of folks who I would argue are definitely a minority, but very vocal mm -hmm. minority who just will never be supportive. Right. And for me, it's like, do you want to spend time there trying to convince these like waste, frankly, your time there trying to convince people of something that's just they're never going to agree on? Mm -hmm. Or do I spend the majority of my time with the folks who are the majority who just might be unsure, though, right? And really trying to educate people. And um, I think you all do a really good job at like getting out there, coming to city council, speaking on the issue, having people share their own stories like yeah. that goes a really long way. Um, the, the pharmacy, like that was yeah. such a huge and exciting one that I hope we talk about in a little bit, but, yeah. um, so for me, I kind of see it, um, it's been a little bit of everything, but I think the folks who are really staunchly against it, I really do think they're just a really vocal, loud minority and we should really be spending our time with the folks that are like, um, yeah, but I don't really know yet. Right. Like those yeah. are the folks that really need that education yeah and they kind of need that little more push because yeah. they're kind of teeter-totter yep. on the edge other people they've had their mind made up yep. there's really no point you know and you know it, it is what it is agree to disagree yep um but yeah you know that, that's true and I, I was just kind of curious because you know crucis didn't really seem like it had a crazy negative mindset for cannabis to start yeah. with you know mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, i grew up in alamogordo so you know i grew up coming back and forth mm -hmm. from here to start with to start with growing up so it never really seemed like that. And it's a college town. Yeah. So, you know, it is a little more, it's a little more progressive yeah. because of that to start out with. Yep. Um, so it's really great to see that we continued that and that, you know, more people are kind of coming like, yeah, you know, we should have done this anyway. Like why, why tell people what to do in that aspect? Yeah. You know, it hasn't killed anybody. So yeah. why not? And the state has actually made quite a bit of money, you know, $2.5 million a month in tax. Yeah. I mean, a yeah. month since we've gone since a year and that's a lot of money. Um, and not only that, it's the local municipalities. Mm -hmm. Do you know how much Crucis has got? Oh, I wish I would have. I know what I'm going to I know. I wish I would have came prepared with that. I'm going to send it to you. You can share okay. it on your next podcast. Okay. But it's significant. It's yeah. significant. And it's just going to our general fund. And we can decide to designate it and spend it on um, community care, on mental health, on whatever, honestly, that we want to then use that those funds for we can nice yeah and i think you know it's significant the, no it is it's, it's it's a huge significant thing you know and i've seen you know cruises change and it's it's molding and it's becoming this bigger city and this more it's it's changing yeah you know and there's more different people coming here and so yeah you know we need to, we need to change with the times and yep. you guys are, are or you women are you're on that. You women and man are on that. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next election, we don't know who the next mayor is going to be. <laughs> this year. Is it this year? It is this year. You're right. Yeah. So coming up in a couple months, we'll figure yep. out who the next mayor is going to be. But for now, it's women and man. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, 
but yeah, you know, it, it's great that, you know, the sky didn't fall. Um, you know, no, the, the, the cruises or the state didn't just get engulfed into the yeah. center of the core of the earth. You know, none of that happened. You know, there's, there's not mass crime running around the city and all that. And we were actually talking about one of the 24 hour shops, you know, there was less crime yeah. in that because yeah. someone's always there, yep. you know, and it kind of deters people. And that makes sense. You know, there's less crime when someone's just there, yeah. you know, just, they don't have to do anything. Just being there deters crime. And, you know, that's good to hear, you know, mm -hmm. that, that's something that needs to go in a study. It's like 24-hour cannabis dispensaries deter crime. No, there <laughs> is. And honestly, it's so good to hear from folks like that. That was High Horse who came and said, look, this is our experience. And because people love to bring studies that are like four years old yeah, around yeah. kids and all. people love to do that. And I think that's incredible. But I also think what goes even further are, one, personal stories of people sharing, like, this is what cannabis has meant for me in my life. But two... Like I work at a cannabis retail and this is what it's done to the neighborhood. And I, those kinds of experiences, direct experiences go a really long way for people like me. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, um, it, it's just good to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Um, because we, we could be super restrictive because just right next door is Texas, you know, and, yep. and I'll get onto the bill that they're going to, they're proposing. Some of you already know about it, but they're very restrictive when it comes to cannabis. And so those people, you know, the people that actually need it, the patients there, yeah. they have to come here to yeah. get it and then, you know, risk it going back. That's for them. Good for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we benefit from the taxes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm not really complaining there. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. Um, also guys, I wanted to, to say this earlier. If you come across any dispensaries or anything um, selling to minors, um, yeah. you can tell the CCD and let them know if you know, for a dispensary, anything is breaking the law. You can call the CCD and let them know. Don't call the local PD call a local CCD and then they'll go down through the process with that. There's really no point of bogging up the system. Mm -hmm. um, I really just wanted to put that in there because, you know, there is an issue and we'll, we'll get down to that in a second. Kids using cannabis. Yeah. And, you know, I know you guys deal with that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's, it is an issue, but I think it's an issue that um, stems from many things and not just one thing. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. I just wanted to continue with the celebration of a year. We got what, what I say, two days yeah. I think, until the first. So I'm really excited. I don't know if any places are going to have sales or anything like that. I'm not so, too sure. Yeah. It's, it's kind of quiet in the cannabis atmosphere. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of competition right now. So Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, a lot of competition right now. So some people are kind of yeah. like, okay. And you know, if one place does it, another would do it. And another um, thing that they're, we're really pushing for as an industry is having an industry discount. Um, mm. You know, some dispensaries already give it. But I kind of feel like all of them should give it, you know, like mm. I appreciate a veteran discount, but yeah. more is what I appreciate is the people that work in the industry getting a discount. Cool. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's cool. And, you know, I think if you own a shop, you know, and you have the capabilities and you're able to do it, give an industry discount. You know, if someone else comes from another shop, you know, like they work for someone else and they come to your shop, why not give mm -hmm. them a discount? 10%, you know, help them with that tax. Um, so, you know, a little bit off the tax on there. So. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong with it. And it's something that I think is positive for the industry. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah, I, it's something that I just Good remembered. Idea. I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. someone talked about it earlier today. I was like, oh, great idea. Yeah. Um, and I may, I'll probably talk about it in the next episode. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's really what I had. Is there anything you have about throughout the years? Anything that you see has changed significantly in your mind? Um, you know, I, I guess the only other thing is that I, and I kind of talked about this already, but I there has been so many people who have come to speak about their experience with cannabis, people you'd never expect. Like Senator mm. Carrie Hamlin came yep. and said, I use cannabis. And I she, remember that. And she did that very purposefully because people have this idea of who is doing cannabis, mm -hmm. right? And it's everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, everybody. Everyone. Yeah. Um, and so I I really think it's 
um, I think we're beginning to break down some of those stereotypes for sure. I do too. And I appreciate um, um, Senator Hamlin because, yeah. you know, I've, I've interviewed her before on the Good. last podcast. Yes. She's a really nice lady. And um, she's a grower. She, you know, they grow she cannabis is. and they're very open about growing her. And her um, I think it's her wife now. Uh -huh. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, They've been married for a long time. They're one of the first people to get married in Oh, see, that's, that's another information I didn't know. Yeah. Congrats to them. That's kind of like a boast thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they grow. And so I'm like, oh, that's great. What are you growing this year? And so it's always a great conversation because mm -hmm. I grow cannabis. And that's one thing I forgot to mention is you do have the right to grow in New Mexico. Yeah. You can have six immature, six um, mature plants, no more than 12 mature per household. Um, in the law, it actually didn't limit immature plants. So if you had like five people living there, they could all have six plants. According to what I read in the law, I was like, oh, okay, but I don't know who'd want to do that because uh, you're really worried about the, the mature plants yeah. and not really the yeah. veg plants. And some people who do grow on a larger scale, they, they have their own little process. But have you tried to grow anything or maybe family members? No, actually, I don't. Yeah. I think the only person that I know who grows at home is Senator Hamlin. So. <laughs> I, I, I usually ask that because I'm just kind of curious. I'm like, I want to know if you know my representative yeah. grows too. It's kind, yeah. of a, kind of a cool thing to talk about. I was like, that's cool. Maybe the mayor. No, <laughs> maybe that's why he's so he has just that cool demeanor all the time. Okay, it's, it's, it's how right. rumors get started. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> but yeah, he he is always chill. Even if like an ordinance doesn't pass or something, he's like, okay. okay. <laughs> he's been doing this a long time. Yeah, so, he's like, yeah. all right, it happens. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, uh, we'll talk about kids in cannabis. Now I know the city has been the whole state essentially, yeah. you know, deals with that. You know, what is something the city is doing to kind of mitigate that, you know, other than, you know, what we talked about earlier you know, yeah. on the parents a lot. Well, I think the biggest, the most important thing to remember with kids is kids didn't start using cannabis April 1st, 2022, <laughs> yeah. right? Like this is an issue that has existed for a really long time. Kids using um, any um, activity that they're not supposed to be involved in, yeah. right? Alcohol use, cannabis mm -hmm. use, opioid use, um, vaping, right? Mm -hmm. Like there is all of these things that all kids are vulnerable to, especially teenagers, right? I have a stepdaughter, she's 15. She like, we talk to her about all these things because it's important too. Yeah. Um, and that is our responsibility in our household. But these issues have existed for a long time. And for me, the biggest thing is when it comes to cannabis, the longer we allow the black market to survive, the longer kids will have access to cannabis. And so um, I really hope there are no retailers who are selling to minors. I haven't heard of that happening in I the city. Yeah. I have not, um, which is a really big deal. And I just feel like people who have invested thousands of dollars, their life, sweat, blood, and tears into this industry know what's at stake. And so mm -hmm. I haven't heard of that happening, right? I but I either. think we have to tackle, for me, I'm a social worker. And so for me, the bigger issue is why are kids going down this path to begin with? People always say, well, cannabis is the gateway drug. I think the gateway to any of this uh, behavior is trauma and yeah. undiagnosed trauma, untreated trauma, kids who are experiencing hard things at home, at school that go unnoticed. And so then they end up in, they want coping, right? And they end up using any substance, right? That helps them do that instead of going to see um, professional help or going to their parents. Perhaps they can't go to their parents or their caretakers. And for me, that's the biggest thing is how are we reaching kids uh, way before they're in this life, right? Mm -hmm. Like way before they're using substances that they don't know enough about yet to use them, that they don't have like the, the capacity to make that kind of consent for themselves. And so 
um, you know, for me, it's really about working with the schools and, and increasing behavioral health services, access to that, so that we are getting at the root cause of, of it. Oh, and that's great. You know, that's something that a lot of people don't really bring up either, including myself, but you have, you know, that's your expertise. So yeah. it's great to have you that um, opinion and everything, because yeah. I really get that on the show or even in person. And so it's great to hear that. Yeah, it needs to be at the root of, you know, the issue. And mm -hmm. I agree, you know, some of this is just left um, for nature to take course. And when nature takes course, it's not always the best uh, result, yeah. you know, especially yeah. when the person that's dealing with it doesn't know what's going on or how to deal mm -hmm. with it. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. Cause I smoked weed when I was like 14 in middle yeah. school, you know, I got caught by my dad and he turned into Sergeant Bolzano for about two weeks. And, you know, <laughs> and, but after I was in trouble and after the whole thing was over, they explained to me the reason why they yep. said, son, you're male, you're Latino. And we don't want you to get stuck in the judicial system. Yeah. You know, we, we just simply don't want you to get in trouble. And my mom told me I wasn't against cannabis. She said, I've always been for cannabis. She mm -hmm. said, I just didn't want you to get in trouble for it. Mm -hmm. She said, that was my only concern. And so when I heard that, I was like, oh, I get it. Thanks, <laughs> okay. So that yeah. probably saved me a lot of uh, trial and error myself, you know, and, tough stuff, right? yeah, like really yeah. tough stuff. I watched my older sister go through it too. She's yeah. eight years older than yeah. me. And so she did a lot of most of the dumb things for me growing up. So I, that was another reason why. But, you know, when I started doing it, um, they, they sat me down. I was like, look, this is why. And I was like, okay, yeah. that makes sense. I don't want to get caught up in that. And I'm glad because I went on. I joined the military. Yeah. I had a top secret clearance. You know, I had a TSSEI. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do that yeah. if something had happened. And, you know, I went a different route. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's just a test to you guys that, yeah, you know, we're all going to be dumb and, and and be dumb kids. And like she said, and Even I was going to dumb adults sometimes. Yeah, honestly. you're right. <laughs> we, we Everybody makes mistakes. We're human. Yeah. Um, I know. ran for office, for example. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, we'll get to that. I was actually going to ask you, you know, what, what made you uh, run for office? But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, we'll finish this uh, conversation with kids because, you know, it keeps popping up. I keep seeing articles about, you know, kids having edibles in school and stuff. Yeah. But one thing they don't mention is it's from the black market. Yeah. Um, like all, almost all. And if they, it isn't from the black market, they got it from the parents yeah. you know, who didn't, you know, mm. put it away correctly yeah. or they got it from an older sibling or, you know, some family member or something mm -hmm. who just didn't put it mm -hmm. away correctly. And, um, in one of the articles, you know, Shanna Jaramillo, shout out to you. Um, I've known her for years. She does the Seacrest stuff. Mm. Um, she said that, you know, if it's best to keep your edibles in the package, you got it because you can tell if the kid ate 50 milligrams, you know, oh. you can tell, if, you know, someone yeah. took a part of it because it's in there and you're, you're taking blocks off. So that does make sense. Or you can tell if the whole thing's gone, you yeah. know, like, okay, where's my, where's my candy. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's one of those things. And that's, I want to just point out that guys, majority of what these kids are getting to all mm -hmm. is black market. And mm -hmm. we're not going to tackle the black market issue. Um, if we keep having this stigma on it yep. um, and we keep being so restrictive. Um, and another thing for me is taxes. I, I know being government, but for me, um, the taxes increasing really alarms me because if you look at Ooh. California, other states, um, one of the reasons why the black market is so um, pronounced there is because of the taxes. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's and the really businesses there are having a hard time um, getting by, mm -hmm. and their only way of getting by is to sell it on the black market. And oh, so, no. yeah. And one thing we didn't do, which I'm glad, is we didn't restrict the cities to say, "Hey, you can opt out to sell." Because oh my God! Yeah, no, I'm that so would glad. have been that no, would no, have no. been crazy. No, that would have been awful. Yeah, it would have been so dumb. Um, and only thirty percent of the cities in California are able to sell cannabis, and so that's another wow. reason why they're black market. Colorado so did that as well. Right? Yeah, they my did family that. lives in Colorado, and my brother is a cannabis user. And my parents live in a really tiny rural what county. Part? My parents live in 
live in Holyoke, Colorado. Ooh, I don't even know where that's at. Only people who live there know where that's at. <laughs> my dad, it's like 2,000 people live there, <laughs> like 30 minutes from Nebraska, an hour from Wyoming. Way oh, you there, guys are right? way, way up there, yeah. Very rural, very conservative. And they, that county opted out. They were like, no, we're not having any of that here. And my brother got in a lot of trouble. And he was yeah. one of these young Latino kids that yeah. got in a lot of trouble. And I, they fumbled the bag on that for sure. Oh, yeah. And I, and I was so, so, so glad we didn't do that. Me too. And that's something that we pushed. It's like, please, please, yeah. please, for the sake of us, do not. Because my dad's from Fremont County, Colorado. Mm -hmm. You know, he's from uh, Florence. Mm -hmm. And they opted out too. Mm -hmm. And so when I go visit my family, the only thing there is medical. And I'm kind of like, this is kind of dumb. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. why? I can, go to, um, I can go to Pueblo 20, yeah. 30 minutes from here. Do whatever I want, yeah. but you know, you, you come in here. It's so yeah. That's one thing I'm glad we didn't do, and yep. you know, it helps with the kids too. You know, the kids have less access to the to the black market, and I think another issue that we have right now is it's so new mm -hmm. that you know the black market's still there, so it's kind of like dying out, mm -hmm. and it's going to take a little bit. Um, but yeah, just you know, be vigilant with your kids. You know, um, if you have nephews or you know you have siblings who are younger than you and you're yes. old enough to use put that stuff away, you know, put it yeah. in a cabinet, lock it away. You know, when, when my nephews come over, I don't want them to have, you know, any of that. They're only like five and six. So they have, you know, they but want still, Legos, but yeah. still, you know, they don't really want, you know, cannabis right now, but still, I don't want them to run into that, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, or get curious. I, I tell them and I teach them about cannabis mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but I don't want them to have access to it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, if you, if you guys are, you know, kind of wondering how you can help, that's something simple like that. If you have a family member that's young, just put it away, educate them, you know, yeah. that, you know, educate them on cannabis. You know, that's the, one of the best things I do. I try to teach my yeah. nephews about it, you know, cause you know, it's, it's legal and it's, you know, not going to go anywhere. Um, and so it's, it's just education goes a lot, you know, a long yeah. way. My parents are both educators. And so, you know, I believe in education, you know, 100%. And you know, I've seen it change people's lives. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Is there anything you want to add on like, you know, the kids things before we move on? Yeah, you know, um, when the issue on the 300-foot uh, buffer died at council a while ago, I remember one of the speakers who came had all of this data around mm -hmm. kids and how marketing influences them and all of these things. And one of the things that she said was, and, you know, they're, um, they're getting all these edibles, they're getting all this um, cannabis and using it. And I was like, where have you heard of a local retailer doing that, right? And she said, well, no, I don't have that. And I just feel like it's really important that we call the BS, that mm -hmm. we really interrupt those really dangerous narratives that exist yes. because people can throw numbers, statistics at you all day long, but at the end of the day, what we need to do is really hone in on the local, on what's happening here, and again, address the issues at the root cause. I agree. And, you know, I'm glad you bring that up because, you know, as I said before, yeah, it's, it's mostly black market cannabis. Yeah. And, you know, it's not the legal cannabis. And that's what we said. You know, kids aren't going to have access to legal cannabis because they get carded. Yes, know? it's incredible. I And for people who haven't gone, go into mm -hmm. a retailer. Go see how it's very, like, on the ball. Like, mm -hmm. and you're getting carded as soon as you walk in, mm -hmm. right? So you might not even see product. Yeah. when you walk into the door right yeah, sometimes Most it's likely. like a window and yes. you're just like giving the dude your id yes. and he has to scan it and, you know it's it's harder to buy cannabis than it is alcohol way harder yeah it's a lot and harder guns probably yeah yeah, yeah. Right? I, like, I have a harder time <laughs> buying cannabis than i do guns you're yes. right <laughs> so i just want to encourage people obviously your watchers are probably supporters but if you know people who are resistant like have parents 
visit a retailer mm-hmm. and see how the process works because it's very strict. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, it's not like, you know, a, a back alley deal, like, you know, <laughs> meeting a dude in a parking lot kind of thing, you know. The trunk of the car. <laughs> Open up this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> no, it's it's not like that. You know, they're legitimate businesses and, yeah. you know, that's how they should be treated. Yep. But, you know, if there is someone, which I haven't seen it, but if there is ones, you know, you guys can call the CCB and this and that. Please yeah. do. But from my experience, these kids are getting it from the black market, mm-hmm. places where they don't card. And, nope. you know, shame on you, whoever sells to kids. That yeah. is just terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, I, kids could lie. I don't know. But still, at the same time, you know, it's still one of those things that you just don't sell to kids. And kids really shouldn't be getting a hold of cannabis, you know. Yeah. And I get it. been a kid before. But, you know, we got to actually blame the problem where it actually is yep. and not where it's not. Because then we end up with this whole, um, you know, of pitchforks and you know yeah. like, you know torches kind of thing yep. and you know the cannabis is drawn out of town but yep. we're here to help you yep. know and we're here to you know work with the community and everything and we want the black market yeah. to go away you yeah. know there's a lot of money in this so and yeah. that's another thing i want to say is that um all the advocates i've talked to um missy valley pharmacy like all the yep. folks that are at the front lines they're saying come talk to, to us we'll yep. do presentations at schools mm-hmm. like you all have been incredibly open to 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 teaching the community and to bringing the community along. And I just want to, it could be very easy for you all to be resentful mm-hmm. and angry and maybe you are, but um, what I've seen is that you really open to, to helping people walk, walk this path. Yeah. And you know, we're used to people kind of, you know, being mean to us just for who we are. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. we, we still love you. Yeah. you know, we just, we just know your, your, your lack of education yeah. matters. You know, mm-hmm. we just, we know that, you know, it could change and, yeah, Mesilla Valley Farm uh, Pharmacy, you know, they're great. I actually had uh, Joaquin on the show a couple of weeks ago, yes, and good. it was really good. You know, the first pharmacy in America to sell cannabis, and that's great right here in Las Cruces. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and before we move on to that real quick, uh, one thing I wanted to say is um, a lot of the struggles we have with black market cannabis comes from California and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually where mm-hmm. Texas's black market cannabis, um, a lot of it comes from is Oklahoma wow. because um, they have a no plant count limit there. So they grow hundreds of acres of cannabis. And then whenever you go to an extractor, they ask you for tons. And then come to find out, eight they have 8,000 illegal grows there. And out of those, 2,000 of them are Chinese government owned. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. So, like, it's it's a mess over there. And, you know, a this lot of that. sounds like a conspiracy theory. Uh, it does. Wild. But it's it's true. Like, it's yeah, wow. you could look it up. I, I covered it last week. It sounds wow. like it. But, yeah, I just want to keep to let you guys know that. We are not the issue. (laughs) We're barely able to, you know, produce enough cannabis for our own state, uh, let alone other states. Yeah, we're we're getting stuff from other places here, too. And that's one of our issues Mm. is, you know, um, we are getting out of state cannabis. And, you know, um, if you see that at a dispensary, call the CCD and let them know, you know, we're not supposed to be getting out of state cannabis because that can be dangerous. You know, a lot of the places that send their stuff out of state is either failed testing. There's too much of it um, or it wasn't tested at all. They just got to get rid of it. So, you know, they bring it here, put a testing on it, and then put it on the shelf. And so be vigilant of that, too. You know, that is happening. I, I want to mention that before we move on. But, yeah, you know, our, our biggest issue is California and Oklahoma. Colorado, maybe in the north a little bit. But, you know, they're, they're not as much as the issue as those two states are yeah. because of the way that they went about it. Interesting. Yeah. So we'll move on. We'll talk about Messiah Valley. I know you want to talk yes. about Messiah Valley Pharmacy. So, yeah, um, it, it was really cool to see um the whole process with you guys and everything i know it was a real struggle with the city council you know i I watched some of the hearings i was there for a couple and yeah it was a struggle so what was your you know stance with them it was such a long meeting there's so (laughs) many people who wanted to provide public comment but so essentially 
um, the pharmacy, brand new pharmacy, locally owned. It's really incredible, right? Like you think pharmacies, you think Walgreens, these big things. No, these are like homegrown folks, like locally owned. They took up an empty location. They're really incredible. Um, their issue is that they're right next to a school, the New American School, which is an alternative school, right? It's for older folks who want to get their GED. It's for uh, younger kids who just like regular traditional school isn't really for them. Um, they're door to door, almost 300 seat apart. And so they were still within that buffer. So they had to get a special use permit. And the planning and zoning committee, which is what they go to, um, and those folks are um, appointed by each city council person. Oh, okay. um, and they granted it, I think. They granted it? I, I, I think the e first, Either they granted it. Or it failed the first time. It failed the first time. Yeah. And so how it works is if PNC says no, the person who requested it can appeal. And then the appeal comes to the city council. That's what it was. Yeah, he is that what happened? To you guys. Yeah, they went to that and then it okay. went to you. Yes. What can yeah. also happen is, let's say PNC grants the permit. Somebody else can appeal it, and then it comes to city council. Uh, so it can still go to you guys can, either way. Any appeal will come to city council for final decision. So whatever happened in that situation, it came to city council, and of course, people from the school and the anti, the deniers, all those turned out in droves, but so did the supporters. Yeah. Like, you all do that fantastically. You're organizing really, really well. And um, so the pharmacist gave a presentation, and it was pretty, like, heated. Um, I think that passed unanimously mm -hmm. um i was definitely meeting the charge on this is a pharmacy they have significantly more dangerous things that they're <laughs> selling at this pharmacy um that are very legal that mm -hmm. are very much in your cabinet in the bathroom right um but i was really really adamant that um they should have that special use permit they are a pharmacy and i said something to that effect in my la in my comments at the end which is why the mayor changed his vote. He was going to deny it. I was it. surprised, yeah. And he ended up voting in favor of it and it made a unanimous vote. Otherwise, like most of these things end up being um, six to one, the mayor voting against anything. Um, there's been some, like the 300 foot buffer that was three to four. Um, but this one, I just feel like this is one of the most memorable um, things for me in the last year. One was the operating hours, but two, it was this because um, they're really trusted people in the community, these yeah. pharmacists, mm -hmm. and um, they want to provide additional um, service to the community, not just people who have medical cards. And they're, they have incredible requirements that they have to follow as a pharmacy. And for me, it just made a lot of sense to do it. So I was really, really happy to support them in that endeavor and to be part of history. No, yeah, I, I agree. And it was great to see that, that amount of support and seeing the mayor... Yeah change his vote because i was watching it i was like did he just say yeah yeah <laughs> everyone like, everyone gasped there's like a collective gasp in chambers because he's always I no. was very shocked yeah, yeah. i was so shocked because every cannabis thing that's come up he's voted no and you know historically Everything. we were waiting for a no and he was like okay and maybe maybe we've grown on him you know maybe the industry no no okay <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding I, I give the mayor a lot of stuff but i I, I think this one in particular, what got him was it's a pharmacy, yeah, right? Like it's, sense. I don't foresee him being supportive on anything else, just so you know. Okay. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah that's fair yeah. enough. And I agree, you know, like the, the pharmacies, they're, they're qualified to sell some of the most dangerous stuff, you know, opioids. known to man, you know, opioids and pharmacists, they, they know dosages. They know yes. how to 
get you where you need yes. to be, whatever. When I had Joaquin on the show, he was giving examples and you know, he was telling That's the audience, yeah, him. it was great. And yeah. I was glad for that because it was an educational moment for yeah. the public, you know, like people can figure out um, what their dosages are, you know, um, go low, start slow and go low, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, start it at, you know, the low dosages and go higher from there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, it's great that we have that here because we're the only state and the only city in the nation that has yeah. this. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a bragging, right? You know, like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, like we yes. have some really educated people here at cannabis you yes. know? and, you know, it's, it's really great. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm so happy that, you know, yeah. do you guys plan on maybe, are there any other um, pharmacies thinking of doing this? Do you know? Of, None or? that I've heard of. None okay. that have approached us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, kind of curious because, I mean, if one did, I figured yeah. two would. There are several other locally owned pharmacies, but none that I know have approached us. Okay. Well, shoot. Yeah. Well, if they do, I'll be there to support them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving on, um, we'll talk about quickly about that uh, that bill I was talking about about yeah. Texas. We, we started talking about it before the show and the pre-show and everything. and. Um, it's one of those bills that I kind of feel they're kind of keeping hush hush and kind of under the under the thing and wanted to pass. And for those of you who don't know, I've been kind of covering this the past couple of weeks on the show. HB two eight three three is a Texas uh, legislative bill, which if passed and signed, uh, would implement checkpoints that are from public roads going from New Mexico into Texas. So it'd be up to the local PD and everything to put it up. And we also found out through the uh, through the beginning of the show, um, Gino, my producer um stated actually right here whoop, he pulled it up um so it looks like the department will establish the state border crossing in conjunction with local law enforcement authorities the department and local law enforcement authorities share the cost of staffing and checkpoints mm. now this part right here the bill tells me that i don't know how much support is going to have from the pd because if they have to pay for it i don't share see the them. cost yeah if they have to share the cost i really don't see them wanting to do this because that means you will pay for it <laughs> yeah exactly that means you're going to pay for it. It, it there's two things i can see happening Either they don't do it or they do it and they're so strict mm -hmm. that they're just taking everybody's money and stuff just so they can pay for this. Mm -hmm. um, to me, I, I really don't see the reason for this bill other than a uh, F you to New Mexico because mm -hmm. their real issue, like I said, is Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, you know their, their rival in football, you know, is their real issue. It's not us. Um, you know, just a few residents come here and take it back. You know, we're not like supplying a whole black market. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my kind of concern. I mean, what would be your concerns as a city councilor if something like this were to pass? Oh my gosh, I, this is wild. I really feel like I hadn't heard about this until right before I got here and I cannot <laughs> believe it. This is wild. It's just Texas doing Texas. No offense, Texans. Texas being uh, Texas. <laughs> but I just, you know, regulation like this is about control. Mm -hmm. And I think they, in many ways, Texas, likes to control, whether it's women bodies or people uh, experiencing cannabis or yeah. whatever else, right? And so I really think it's about control and <clears throat> it's clear that they've seen the kind of impacts that this has had on New Mexico and they're probably seeing the numbers of yeah. how many Texans are coming here. Um, so I, I really hope this isn't real. I feel like this is really dangerous and unconstitutional, honestly. Like I, I would is, even yeah. say that Internal Border Patrol checkpoints, even those are nearing the line of unconstitutional. And so this is just wild. Yeah, it is, you know, because it would be weird to deal with not only federal checkpoints, but state yeah. sanctioned checkpoints. Yes, now we're, we're feeling like we're not in America anymore, where we're allowed to move around freely through other states. That's awful. Yeah, it's awful. It makes us feel like we're criminals. Yep. You know, like we've done something so wrong and it's, it's ridiculous. Um, this bill did have its first committee hearing. Um, it was left pending, meaning it didn't get a hearing, which could be good, could be bad. It, good meaning that it never gets heard. They don't have enough time. Uh, bad meaning that it could die, but they could piggyback it onto another bill and kind of sneak it in. 
Um, I, I, figured, I found out that's how Texas does it. Um, so that could be the thing. So stay vigilant. You know, mm -hmm. these aren't your representatives, so it's a little harder to talk to them. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's some groups in El Paso that are really on this. They're the ones who mm -hmm. um, hit me up. I think it was the Dope Moms El Paso or Las Cruces awesome. that hit me up. Yeah, they sent me this and uh, shout out to them, you know, yeah. keeping me updated because, yeah, I, I mean, I, I know a lot about New Mexico, you know, Texas, you know, it's a total different animal. Um, but I'm glad they brought this up to me because that is crazy, you know, and they're, they're worried about us, but California, Oklahoma are, are really feeling yeah. their black market, but they want to blame us. And another thing that worries me is it leaves it open in there for any crime. So women that got abortions mm -hmm. would be targeted too. So it's mm -hmm. not just cannabis users, you know, that it alarms me. I have sisters. So, you know, that really yeah. bothers me if, yeah. you know, something like that were to happen. My sister had to go somewhere else and she went back to her home state and got trouble for it you know, and got popped at a border or at a checkpoint coming in, you know, not doing anything else other than that, you know, it would just, it would suck. You, you know, know, I, oh God, I've been here stories since, since September, since Texas passed their, the most restrictive probably law, Oklahoma too, yeah, on abortions yeah, yeah. on women who are now also seen as criminals, yeah. right? In many mm -hmm. ways. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was the true intention behind this bill. Um, there's been, I mean, providers here, much this is wild and i think this i love this because there's this deep intersection between the work of control yeah. right like this yeah. is about control and there's deep intersection between all of these different kinds of advocacies whether it's cannabis whether it's reproductive justice providers in new mexico saw like a 150 percent increase of people women people from out of state coming to seek abortion care and there, we don't have capacity like yeah. there are folks here who just don't have that capacity but we're going to keep welcoming people who are seeking care here. We yeah. are going to do that. We're going to keep welcoming people who are seeking cannabis here. Um, that is a commitment from, I think, the legislature, but certainly from the city council, from me. And I really feel like, oh, one of the things I was going to say was, even now, women who are leaving states like Colorado, like New Mexico, who came here to seek reproductive care, they're going back and they're saying, don't give me pamphlets. Don't yeah. give me anything that, indicates that i was here yeah like That's people are crazy. living in fear because yeah. of these these laws and this only furthers that control yeah. and it is awful this reminds me of you know places in the middle east who have these very restrictive laws you know because there's certain places in the middle east where even if you consume cannabis elsewhere in another country if you come back and you test positive you're still breaking the law and you still go to jail and there was an american who did that happened to him and, you know, he used cannabis in Vegas and he went back and he tested positive and oh he went to prison. So this reminds me of stuff like that. You know, that that is not what America is about. You yeah. know, like you have. As someone who's in the military, I cannot imagine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that like. experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, experiencing that and then coming home and experiencing that, yeah. it doesn't feel good. You know, like coming home, I thought I was in a free country. Yeah. I thought I was fighting yeah. for a free country. But now I'm seeing this and it's something totally different. Like this isn't the country that I fought for. You know, and that, that breaks my heart. And that's one reason why I wanted to bring this up because, you know, this doesn't just affect us in this state. It affects everybody and it affects us veterans who put our lives and sometimes did put our life on the line and didn't come back. And now you're telling us that something like this is the way it's going to be. It's, it's a little ridiculous. You know, Thank this you is for a, speaking on this. I really appreciate it. No Honestly, like this can be a really hot topic for yeah. your listeners that might not all be on the same page. Right. Yeah. But like, I just want to thank you for speaking on this issue because it's really important and at the core of it it's about the same thing which is yeah. control yeah it is and it, that's all i see in this bill is just straight control like we want to control 
what's coming in, what's going out, what's coming back in, yeah. you know, like in, in and out. And it's crazy. I mean, they're, they're making one state the issue when they, because they can't handle their own issues or address it in a healthy manner, mm -hmm. you know, instead they just want to go back 200 years and, Awful. you know, throw dirt over it. Um, so that's one reason why I wanted to bring this up. You know, I just, I, I might still keep bringing it up until yeah. you get through everybody's head and we do something about this because this is alarming. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this bill should not pass. You no, know, this needs to die. Um, you know, this affects every New Mexican for essentially, you know, the mm -hmm. state of Texas pretty much wraps around the whole state on one side mm -hmm. and you know, it's, it's, it's really alarming. So yeah, I, uh, we'll move on from this conversation, but I just wanted to update you guys on that. Um, you know, and let you guys know what's going on. Hopefully this dies, yeah. but it's alarming at the fact that it's there in the yeah. first place, you know? So, but yeah, moving on. Um, that's it for 2883. I'll probably update you guys next week on it again. So this is going to be part of the last part of the episode. I really wanted to save this to the end, the best for yeah. the last. <laughs> now we'll be talking about Cancer Bencomo and, you know, all about you and everything, yeah. you know, how long you've been a you know counselor. And I just guess I'll go right into the questions. Okay. Um, how long have you been in your position? Yes. So this is my fourth and technically the final year of my term. Okay. So you're up for re-election. Yep. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're in my, my area, I would vote for yeah, you, but you know, I can't. You. Yeah. yeah. I'll still you. vote for Becky. Don't get yep. me wrong. <laughs> so this year, um, cause we're staggered. And so okay. this year it's the mayor is up for election, the mayor's seat, district one, district two and district four. Okay, cool. Yeah. That, that's good to know. So Las Cruces listeners, you just yep. found out who you're going to yep. be voting for this year and please Go out and vote. We have such a low voter turnout mm -hmm. in our county. It's really sad, actually. Especially for municipal elections. Yeah, and guys, yeah. municipal elections are more important than yes. any other election. Yes. It's so important that you guys come to municipal elections. Yep. Like, this directly affects you. Like, the things we've talked about on the show are what the city has the power to do. Yep. You know, and, you know, if you guys don't show up, you end up with representation that doesn't match what everyone else mm -hmm. wants. And so it's great that we have someone that, you know, actually does. But if you don't come out and vote, that might change. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really important that we all do go out and vote. You know, I try to vote as much as I can. Actually, I got a thing in the mail from the state. I think it said I vote 95% more than people in my Ooh. age group, which is sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, yay for me, but it's actually yeah. really sad. You're right. <laughs> sad. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, you mean people in the mid-30s aren't voting? Yeah. I'm like, oh, no. Um, so guys, please go out and vote. It is your right. It is You're your in your duty. mid thirties. Yeah. I'm 36. <laughs> really young. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, I get that a lot actually. Um, yeah, yeah. People my age, you know, old people or young looking old people. Um, hey, hey. <laughs> I didn't ask how old you are. I, I won't guess. So 25. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> 25 cool we'll stay i there. actually i turned 35 april 19th oh so. okay oh so you're, you're oh i'm older yeah. than you <laughs> i forget you know i'm old sometimes i'm like oh yeah i am old huh watch it with the old okay <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm older so yeah i get it <laughs> so yeah you've been in your position for a minute so it's great you know and it's young blood because you know we're used to you know people in your position lawmakers whatever being these old crusty white dudes <laughs> And, you know, it's really great that we have yeah. some young blood and, you know, and, you know, women too, you know, it's great that, you know, that we have such a robust, um, city council because it shows younger women that this is yeah. possible. You can do yeah, that. Absolutely. You know, you, you can totally be on city council. You can totally be governor. Yeah. You know, you can totally be vice president, yep. you know, and eventually we'll probably have one that's a, you know, president. Hopefully sooner than later. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's hope it's not another 50 years. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but, and 
down to another question, I guess we'll go on, you know, I kind of blabbering. Where are you from originally? Yeah, I'm originally from Chihuahua, Mexico, okay. actually. I'm an immigrant. I My family and I came to the United States when I was eight years old. And yeah. we ended up in Colorado, um, where my parents still live. I could not wait to get out of there. Um, I was formerly undocumented, actually, and okay. I became a naturalized citizen when I was 16, which changed my whole life. And yeah. I decided to come to school at New Mexico State University, and I never left. Oh, nice. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're, it's like you're from here, essentially. I do, yeah, and also yeah. I love the board. So for a lot of immigrants in this country, like, they will spend a lifetime find, trying to find that feeling of home again, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for a lot of people, it feels like displacement. And I found that here. And I think it's because it's the border is like the best of both worlds, you know, like there's this deep connection to um, where I'm originally from. And there's this deep connection to the place that raised me. And yeah. so I, I love it here. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you have the love of both worlds. Do you have dual citizenship? Did you get that? I or? don't. No? You know what? I don't have dual citizenship. Yeah. I've heard there's some weird stuff. I don't know. It's. Some whatever. Yeah. A lot of my yeah. military friends that got their citizenship kept dual yeah. citizenship. Oh, That's they why did. I asked. Yeah, because the military yeah. will help you get your citizenship um, if you do mm -hmm. the right paperwork, yep. of course. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's why I ask. I always ask people, like, did you keep yeah. dual? You know, because yeah. I think it's a good idea keeping dual citizenship. Yeah. You know, like I have friends who are American citizens, but their parents were military, so they were born in other countries like the Philippines. Yeah. And one of the girls I went to high school with, she told me she's, like, I have dual citizenship. I was like, yeah, where? Cool. She's like the Philippines. I was like, yeah, you're Filipino. She's like. Technically, yeah, because I was born there. She was yeah. like, she was a straight white girl. <laughs> you know, she was a straight I would white think girl. Filipinos and Mexicans are like the same cousins. Kind of, very yeah. similar. We have a lot yeah. of. I've dated a lot of Filipino girls yeah. in my day. And yeah, you know, a lot of similarities. I'm like, so many, right? Chicharrones, yes. even. Yes. But they eat it with vinegar. You ever done that? Really good. You should try it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't dock it till you try that's it. Right. Dip it in some vinegar. That's mm, right. I mm. put mayonnaise on my tamales, and people think that's weird. So you're right. Don't yeah, yeah. You try it. Or, or ketchup on pizza. Yeah, you know <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. You know, and you you bring that immigrant you know um, mindset and everything. Yeah. You have a different mindset because there's a few of our lawmakers actually. I know uh, Javier Martinez. You know, he's yeah. from Mexico too. Yes, he is. You know, he's he's you know one of the immigrant congressman Gavaskis. Yeah, Gavaskis yeah. as well. Yes, you're right. Um, I had a really good relationship with him when he was on city yeah. council. Mm -hmm. It was really cool. He was my city representative, I believe. Yep, yep that's right. Yeah, and uh, you know, I got to speak at them a few times. You know, he's doing great things over yeah. in Congress now, yeah. so it's great to hear yeah. that and see that. Um, and yeah, you know, we have a few that are in our state, but you know, not too long ago, Mexico and New Mexico were you know one place. So yeah. you know, it's just kind of like you know bringing us back together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another reason why um, it kind of feels like home because mm -hmm. you know we have such that commonality you know yeah, it was, we're very bicultural yeah mm -hmm. totally 100 percent. and you know new mexico we, we do have our differences we like our green chile more um <laughs> but you know it, it, there's a lot more you know similarities to kind of like with us and filipinos mm -hmm. so so what made you run for city council that's actually <gasps> a big question uh, <laughs> yeah so i was doing community organizing for almost 10 years mm -hmm. i was working for a local nonprofit here doing mostly immigrant rights advocacy, workers' rights advocacy, border rights advocacy. And um, I really felt like doing that work, I felt like often people who were directly impacted by policies were not engaged, mm -hmm. right? Like um, my family came here in the 90s. I, it took me till I was in college to really understand why. And it was NAFTA, the oh, North okay. American yeah. Free Trade Agreement that just threw small rural farmers, which was my family, into even further poverty. And so a lot of people had to leave, either go to big cities or come mm -hmm. to the United States. I mean, thousands of people did that in the 90s. And 
I, that's when I like started connecting the dots much, much older where I was like, wow, if people in Mexico had been consulted about this, maybe it wouldn't have happened. Right. Yeah. When we talk about wages, workers aren't consulted. Right. Mm -hmm. When we talk about, thankfully that has changed. Like when we talked about cannabis at the legislature, you all were consulted, yeah, yeah, but even God. then some legislators were asking weird questions. Right. Yeah. It was weird. So, like, yeah. So it's like when people who don't know the issue they're legislating on are elected, and then they're impacting our lives. And mm -hmm. I thought, you know, there are not a lot of people like me in office, immigrants, young women. I'm the, currently the youngest person on the council. Oh, wow. And um, I was like, this is, this is another way I can impact my community. And mm -hmm. so I did this program called Emerge. Emerge trains women who are Democrats to run for office. And uh, we're very successful in New Mexico. If you do emerge, we have an 87% win rate, which oh, wow. is an incredible program. So yeah. if there's anybody out there watching, does not matter how old you are, well, 18 and older, obviously, <laughs> but um, if you're interested in running for office, reach out to me. I would be happy to put you in connection with this program because it changed my life. And it's the reason that I thought, you know what, I can do this. And I did in 2019. I had two opponents. It was three of us in that race. And I, I, that, I yeah. won. Yeah. <laughs> and here I am. And three months into my first term, uh, we took our office. We took office January first, twenty twenty. Three months later, the pandemic happened. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, Ooh, that's a messy. It was, it was awful, honestly. Like I'm glad I was there. I'm happy I was there because we helped give a ton of aid to the people who really needed it, and they feel like um, I'm glad that I was in that space. But it was really, really hard. Yeah, yeah, it, it was really been. awful. <laughs> yeah, who were your opponents, if you don't mind me asking? Um, no, it was um, public information. It's Antoinette Reyes and Robert Palacios were oh, okay. the two people that I ran against. Wow, so that's yeah. a, that was a pretty stacked race, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you don't really mm -hmm. see that, you know, locally that yeah. often. <laughs> and then we have ranked choice voting. Yes, in yes. Las Cruces, which is incredible. I love ranked choice voting. I'm so glad you yeah, do. Yeah, I, I do. I love it. And, and at first, oh, it I'm so glad me. you do. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. First yeah it totally. Me. But like after I had actually voted with ranked choice voting, yeah. I was like, you know what? This makes sense. Doesn't I feel like it? I'm not wasting a vote. Doesn't yeah, yeah. It? You feel like you're not wasting. And if you guys don't know what ranked choice voting is, is say you have three candidates, and you know you pick. It says, okay, pick your top three. Or who's your number one top mm -hmm. pick? Okay, it's this the number two candidate. Okay, who's your second pick? Okay, number one candidate. Who's your third pick? Okay, number you know whatever three candidate. And so if the first candidate doesn't get enough votes, the second one. Fifty plus one. Yeah, 50 yeah. plus one, then it goes to the second one. So mm -hmm. you still get a voice, an option. So your second choice could win is essentially yes. what it is. Yeah. You know, if your first choice doesn't win, your second choice has an option. Yep. And so I really like that. You know, it gives us more voice. Yes. You know, it gives us more control over yep. our voting. And you sometimes know. you go to the ballot box and you're like, I don't want to vote for this person, but I <laughs> yeah. have to. They're yeah. the closest one, but you're like kind of plug your nose and vote. What ranked choice voting allows you to do is really vote your values. Yeah. Like go in there and vote for who you really believe. And then, then you get a second opportunity. If there's mm -hmm. more than, you know, two people on that ballot, you get as many opportunities you want. Four years ago, there was 10 people who ran for mayor. <laughs> you could have ranked all 10. I yeah. didn't because yeah. I didn't believe in some of those people's beliefs. Um, but you could rank as many as you want. And honestly, it's taken the country by storm. More and more cities are adopting it. Minnesota adopted it statewide. Really? That's yeah, cool. Yeah, so ranked choice voting is really becoming popular. No, and I, I like it. You know, if you guys don't know, our whole nation's government is pretty much an experiment. So this is just mm -hmm. us advancing mm -hmm. our government totally. and the American experiment is in general. 
So I love the fact that, yeah, when I moved here, because, you know, from Otero County, and then yeah. before that, I lived in Hawaii, but I didn't Ooh. vote when I was there because I was still a resident here. Oh, right. Um, so I, uh, I didn't really start voting until I moved back. Mm -hmm. You know, and actually, when I was in the military, they didn't really give us an opportunity to vote, you know, That's unless you were wild. really vigilant about it. Yeah. And I was, you know, intel and all this stuff. So they were really, we were really busy. That's wild. Um, yeah. And, you know, they're supposed to be very supportive, but it really wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I was like. <laughs> that's for another podcast. Yeah. That's for another episode <laughs> of yeah. the veterans. Um, so, but yeah, it was really interesting. Um, my other question for you, and I guess, yeah. well, you know, going off the questions, do you use cannabis or have you ever used I cannabis? I don't. I no? have. Okay. Yes. When I was in college, <laughs> I used a lot of cannabis. Um, I did though. I mean, I did lots of other silly things as well. Um, but then I just kind of stopped and then I never used again, oh, okay. but my brother is, uh, a user of cannabis. And honestly, that's why I feel so passionate about this issue because, um, he's gotten in trouble in Colorado mm -hmm. and I just feel like there's that big intersection between like social justice and cannabis and making okay. sure that young brown and black kids aren't going to jail for this. That's, that's why I care so much about it. That's great. Yeah. And you know, I was going to ask you that, you know, like what really brought you to this? Cause mine yeah. was, I lost my sister to prescription pills yeah. and um, that's really what, you know, brought me to where yeah. I am. So, you know, it's good to, you know, not good, but you know, it's relieving to hear that someone else's family member, you know, yeah. kind of brought you to this as yep. well too, not just me, yeah. you know, and you know, it's, it's when it's your family members affected, it kind of just makes it more personal. Yes. Yeah, and I know. think politics is personal. Yeah, it's very right? personal. Yeah. Local politics, especially <laughs> oh is incredibly personal. Drill it so, in their head. <laughs> yes. And for me, like people who see me, who disagree with me, they're just like, you're woke, you're socialist. They call me everything. But it, if they just ask, why do you care so much about this particular issue or any issue, they would understand, they would know that I probably have a deeply personal story about yeah. this about that issue and that's why I care about it. And a lot of people don't think to ask that, you no. know, why? And that's yeah. one reason why I'm like, well, you know, why do you support yeah. cannabis? You yep. know, is it just for freedom? Is it for, you know, personal yep. reason? You know, everybody has their own reason. Everybody has their yeah. own reason and every reason is valid, right? Mine is my brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I've attended a few, a few um, city councils in the past yeah. and when you guys decided to um, move the operating hours and everything, what was like, your thought process and what were your constituents saying? I know we've talked about yeah. this already, but I didn't ask about like, what was your thoughts and what were the constituents saying? Because I know what I said and what I think, but that's only one person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, I, um, I wouldn't even say it was 50, 50. I definitely got some of the emails that were like, don't do it. We don't want to like the, really the folks that are deeply afraid and I think ignorant about the issue. I definitely got some of those, but the majority was from you all. I mean, you all did great organizing because I got a ton of um, emails and then a ton of people who came and spoke about their personal story with cannabis and why it matters to them and why we shouldn't restrict it. And for, that's the approach that I took. Really, I if the, I'm not an expert on this issue at all. I see you as the experts, people like Scott Crayling. Like pe there are folks in our community who I go to and say, Hey, I don't understand this issue. Hey, how can I talk about this better? I don't want to compare it to one of these folks was like, stop comparing it to alcohol. Like yeah, it's just, I and I was like, you know what? That's like, I want to take that feedback. And I feel like you all have been doing such a good job. And that's why I take the positions that I do when I'm on the dais, when it comes to cannabis, it's not just because this is what I think it's because, um, I know there's a right way to do it. And I want to go to the folks that know about it. That's great. Because I, I say this all the time. No, one's really done 
cannabis regulation correctly yet. Mm. You know, we, we're getting close. You know, yeah. and I think New Mexico is on the right track. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think we're on the right track to you know doing it correctly. However, no one's done it correctly 100 percent yet, mm -hmm. and we're still figuring it out. You know, mm -hmm. and it's going to be a learning curve and learning process. But if we're not involved, mm -hmm. then it's just going to kind of dwindle. Yep. You down. have to stay involved. Yeah. yeah, and that's one thing I keep telling these other businesses who don't want to mm -hmm. get involved. I'm like, we're better together. Yeah, you know, this industry. Yeah, and it, actually, one of the staff I was talking to them here in City Council after mm -hmm. one of those hearings. And he told us, you guys need to band together as an industry. He said the microbrews got what they wanted because they told the lawmakers wow. what they wanted. Yep. And that's one thing I keep telling everybody. Yep. I'm like, guys, we need to work together. You know, if we work together as one, then we get what we want mm -hmm. because who we're the industry. You know, yep. the, that's we're the, the experts. Yeah, yeah, we're yes. the experts. You know, the, mm -hmm. they... I wouldn't say have to come to us, but they should be able to come to us. Yes. They should want to come to yep. us, you know? And if they're not, you need to go to them. Yeah, exactly. Honestly. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's the way our government works. Yes. You're allowed to talk to everybody yes. in your government. You know, yes. you can email the president. You <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can email the president. I don't know if he's going to respond. Maybe <laughs> one of his aides, but yeah, you can totally do that. So, um, what are you, what are other plans that you, you really want, you know, with cannabis and everything? In yeah. the city? What, what's your, what's your new plans? Do you want to see more consumption lounges? Do yes. Actually see... earlier I was like, Oh, I forgot this. When we were talking about that, I think one of the things that I would really love to explore, yes, consumption lounges and something I don't necessarily feel ready yet for, but I really want to explore and see what other folks have done is outdoor consumption. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really about like consent, right? And yeah. then allowing people to have consent of what they consume. And so um, I don't know if other places have done it um, in California and other states, but, um, you know, folks have caught talk to me about like out, what would outdoor consumption look like and I think that's something I would really like to learn more about that's great you know I'd love to be on in on that conversation yeah. to be honest because yeah. yeah I have some ideas and thoughts and all that because um when I was on SM 105 it was mm -hmm. the medical cannabis changes mm -hmm. um task force that the governor did uh, a few years back before we changed the medical I was actually on the consumption lounge mm. so consumption lounges are like my baby Oh, okay it, yeah it's like my baby I'm so glad to know yeah yeah it is and um whenever I hear consumption lounges, I'm like yeah because if you guys didn't know, um, when I proposed consumption lounges, well, the group, you know, we all kind of came together. Mm -hmm. But my idea was anywhere and everywhere. And what it was initially for <laughs> was for military spouses that live on base to have a cannabis card, because oh. I knew a few um, people who live in government housing, people that live on um, Indian reservations or Native American reservations. Um, you know, anybody that just can't consume at home, mm. um, it was supposed to be a place for them to go consume, store the cannabis mm -hmm. and then leave. And so it turned into something else. You know, I knew it wasn't going to stick like that, but you know, I shot for the stars and that's, we got what we got. That's what you do. Yeah. And yeah. then you work backwards. Yeah. Then yeah. we work backwards and we got what we have. Um, and it's just great to see that, you know, I'd really love to see more consumption lounges and the yeah. outdoor consumption because, you know, we should feel like, you know, we can enjoy our beautiful yeah. scenery and yeah. smoke at the same time. And one thing I want to mention is, you know, for those out there who don't know, a lot of the cannabis consumption isn't always smoking. Sometimes it's edibles, yeah. sometimes it's vaping, yeah. sometimes it's a There's dab. cool stuff. Yeah, there's yeah. all kinds. So it's not just really smoke. creative. Yeah. Y'all are creative, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I, I did say once we legalized it, the innovation was gonna go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's kind of done that. And it's it's great that you know you're yeah. very supportive um, of cannabis and everything. All right. What if you're, and this is kind of my own thought, I've always wanted to see this. What about outdoor events for cannabis? Yeah. You know, like I would really love to see something like that. I yeah. kind of feel Cruces would be a perfect spot. You yeah. Know? Like, what, do you think the city would be behind something like that? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the easy answer. Yeah. Uh, the short answer. I, but I think we'd be open to it. I think okay. you've had experiences with our economic development staff mm -hmm. who are really supportive, yeah. right? Like they, they're holding like weekly meetings mm -hmm. for 
cannabis retailers to really know how to open up your business and all the regulations. And I feel like staff have really taken an ownership of this industry. They want to see it thrive as well. Mm-hmm. If you haven't met our assistant city manager, Ikani Kamapao, he's, dope. Yeah, he's, he's so cool, cool right? Yeah, yeah, and cool. he was, he came from California. So yeah. he's like, here we go. Let's he's do Islander, this, right? right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew when I met him. I lived in yes, Hawaii. So I knew. I was like, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, is our, so is our city manager. He's Samoan. And yeah, he's, the other guy, yeah. He's incredible. That, yeah. By the way, city manager in the city is one of the most important people in the city. Um, get to know him. Um, <laughs> but I really feel like city staff is really willing to come to the table really open yeah. about um, how do we make this work? How do we do it responsibly? And so do I think it can happen? Yeah, actually I do. When? I don't know. I think I, I really I think what I want to convey to is that like, given that there's still a lot of anxiety, how do we walk slowly but surely forward, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to throw too much stuff at the community and really panic everybody. But I also think we should challenge and push and and come up with innovative things. And so um, I, somebody did email me actually a while ago about, hey, 420 is coming. Let's talk about some outdoor stuff. I don't know what that would look like this year, but I think I think the city, and certainly I'll speak for myself, and honestly, the majority of my colleagues are totally willing to have that conversation. That'd be great. And if there's a time that you guys would want to, I'd be yeah, down to sit down with absolutely. that. Because kind of, I've always seen the fairgrounds as a perfect spot for yeah, something like that. It's totally. out of the city. Yeah. You know, it's you know on its own thing, and it's tons of space. Yeah, know? and people already know it as a place mm-hmm. where there's wine festivals and all kinds of things right? yeah like, yeah and it'd be yeah. great there's tons of room and yeah. you know, there's places for different you know because music you know cannabis mm-hmm. and music you know they go together oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, music goes with anything to be honest yep. um but you know <laughs> particularly with cannabis you always have the two together you know concerts yeah. you know i'm a big reggae fan i've always been a reggae fan so wow. I use cannabis. yeah um, when i got stationed in hawaii Stereo i was like perfect <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but yeah Great. Is there anything else that you maybe want to tell the audience or want to bring up or anything like that before we end the show today? You know, I will. One other thing about consumption, and I'll say yeah, that. Yeah, sure. I again stories. When I went to one of the consumption lounges in town and I visited, um, there was a person there who I was talking to, and she was like, "You know, I um, I don't drink alcohol, and often I go to bars and I can't partake in what my friends are doing." And yeah. and she was like, "But I come here now, and it feels like that. It feels like this social." part of this thing that I don't have to hide anymore, be shameful of. And, and that, that's what I want to really reiterate. And to you all is that your stories really, really matter. Um, they matter to me. They matter to my colleagues. That's how you pass meaningful change. That's how you transform hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. It's not always statistics and studies. Sometimes it is and they're valuable. Um, but really for me, it's those personal stories about why you care about this issue, about why cannabis is important to your life. And keep organizing locally for sure. I hope that you all get involved in the races this year, not just for my benefit, but because there's that's four people that could be gone. Mm-hmm. That 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 four is the majority. Like yeah. you could have a really different city council next year. And if you care about this issue, then come out and support the people who you think support your values and um, get involved. I think right now is a perfect time to get involved with the state legislators mm-hmm. as well, right? Make sure that you're talking about those taxes. We yeah. don't want to go backwards because of the tax issue. Mm-hmm. Javier Martinez, Representative Javier Martinez, who led on this issue, is not the Speaker of the House. Yes. Like, yeah. I just keep talking to the people who you've elected on this issue and keep sharing why it's so important to you. I make sure to tag him on Twitter sometimes. Good. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, yes. So he's, he's incredible. And yeah. I just feel like he's such a good leader. And 
he will listen as well. I agree. And, you know, they, they brought up a you know really good bill and I'm so glad it passed because yeah. we are where we are today. Yep. You're sitting here with me for one of those yeah, reasons. So yeah. thank you so much for joining me today. It yes. was such a great episode. And you brought in a lot of information that I just I didn't know today. And I learned a lot. So, I'm so glad you yeah. invited me. Thank you. Thank you. I yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank you. And uh, thank you all for watching. Um, I'll be back again next week um, with another episode of Ash Chad Grassy Logic. Thank you again, uh, Councilor Bacoma, yep. for joining me. And if you guys live in Las Cruces, make sure to vote when it comes time, guys. You know, it's, it's so important. You have no clue. And obviously, because, you know, our voter turnout is really low. Um, so without further ado, this is the end of the show and, uh, I'm going to leave you guys with it's 420, you know, where your kids are. All right, guys. Shoots.